Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. This episode of Law Enforcement Today brought to you by Galls.com. We're thrilled to have them on board sponsoring episodes of our podcast and radio show, sponsoring our app. And they've been in business for 50 years, 50 years serving first responders and law enforcement community. They're industry leaders. They've got a huge online catalog, everything you could ever want. Galls.com. Check them out. Their catalog is spectacular. Everything for even like a retired guy like me to active guy like Robert, men, women, they've got everything you could ever need between tactical gear, clothing, footwear, everything. Also be sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Joining us on the phone, calling all the way from Dublin, Ireland, we have Amanda Coleman. Amanda, thanks for joining us today. It's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Jay. My first trip to Ireland was uh, December 26th of last year up until like January 3rd. I got to visit uh, the county where my grandparents came from, at least three of the grandparents, uh, Westmeath and Cavan, and got to see a lot of the country in such a great place to visit so hospitable the people so and it is just flat out gorgeous the photos you see really don't do it justice it's a a beautiful beautiful country it is it's very it's a very rugged country but it's very beautiful especially if you get the weather it is it's kind of a rarity here we had one day where we went from uh galway to cliffs of mower and we had Mist, rain, snow, sleet, hail, and lots of wind. I would well believe it. That's that's a typical Irish summer for you. Yeah, it's it's uh it's rough weather, but you said it's rugged country, and you know it what? You could say that the same to some degree about the people, uh, American Irish. People of Irish descent have a certain ruggedness about them, and a certain down to earth, uh, whole not, not wholesomeness. Well, that could be a case too. A certain. Uh, well, no, it is. Yeah, it's a certain it something is. about the ethnicity that's just so endearing. It is. It is. There's a. We're we're a funny old bunch. We are. Um, you know, you, it's like you said. You do get the the rugged type of people, but they're nearly always the ones that are the salt of the earth. You know, that yeah. kind of way. Yeah. They're they're real good good people, good stock. And the nice <laughs> thing about Ireland is so many of. American police departments and fire departments were really pioneered by Irish immigrants. And so the the Irish heritage has become a real mainstay of American police departments and fire departments. So we're thrilled to have you on board as an ambassador in Ireland to law enforcement today. But you've been actively involved in law enforcement issues for quite a while. What have you been doing? For me, I've been doing a a lot of things, actually, I kind of went on um, social media with my family being in, in law enforcement here in Ireland. You know, we went through a period where we had it really bad towards the cops here. 
like really bad. Um, there was demonstrations in town. The government wanted to put water charges on, which we never paid for before. So there was like we had already hit the recession and things were so bad. But they basically said that the Gardaí were being paid by the government. You know that they were getting brown envelopes basically to to police the streets to stop these marches and what have you. And it went from just a demonstration to these people coming to the police stations and and basically wanting to set fire to guards' cars and finding out where they live and the threats was it was really bad. So for me, it ticked me off a lot. The thing about in Ireland, you can't speak out really about the guards because. It's not. It's not. We're not. Wouldn't be as vocal, I suppose, as what what they are in the states. Like a, a police officer could never be pictured in his uniform unless it went through the guard press office. Or you're very limited in what you can say. And and if you showed any way of support towards the police, you would be then targeted. If you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I spoke with my cousin who was a police officer, and he was like, "Amanda, you really need to see what's happening in the states. If you think we have a bad here." He says, um, you know, go online and just, just take a look. And and I did, and I was absolutely flabbergasted by the things that I was seeing. And it, just because I'm in Ireland doesn't mean to say I don't feel the same about the blue over there as I do the blue here. So when I was seeing this happen, I was going, oh, my God, this this can't be, you know. Like, you're seeing, you're reading these things about officers being ambushed in their cars and and um, you know, on traffic stops and and everything, and it uh, it just blew my mind. I couldn't believe what was happening. And then the more I delved into it, the more annoyed I was getting over the whole situation. So for me, I could see the man or the woman behind the badge. So it wasn't so much about police politics or what have you. It was for me, it was about showing them support because at the end of the day, they were getting up and going out to a, do a job that was pretty unpredictable and not knowing what was going to happen throughout their day and whether they were going to walk home through that door that, that evening or, or that night. So I wanted to reach out and show support to them. So I started to post on so took to social media and started to post positive things for them, you know, to, to make them see that what they were doing was not in vain. And I didn't realize the actual impact that it would have. I was inundated with my inbox, like on social media, all the social media platforms, from law enforcement officers and fire fire and rescue was unbelievable. They were all thanking me and and I didn't know like I, I honest to God didn't realise that it was going to have the effect that it did. In doing so, there is a, a, a he's now a dear friend of mine, um, Stephen Brooks. He contacted me and he said, I have a little gift for you and he sent it over to me. He had gotten me an honorary call sign from HRT Opcom one. A SWAT call sign called Irish Angel. Nice. And um, so that's where Irish Angel was born from. So, and that's um, the name you, you blog under is Irish Angel. It is, yeah. I have a website like for it, it's it's a blog website where police and fire and rescue, all all first responders can come and, and, and write about their experiences and, and what have you and share news and, and comments and, and what have you. But it's a very safe place. You know, like you have to register, like it's very pleased for the reason of the hate organizations towards law enforcement. What's the name of your, what's your website address? It's irishangel.info. One of the things that you said that struck me as pretty amazing that a lot of people here in the United States may not realize, Irish police and first responders have been going through the same sort of things that we here in the United States are going through now. Absolutely. It's so funny, I suppose, if you shrink down, say you were to shrink down the states, 
towards Ireland. Like we're a tiny little country of like 4.6 million people. I suppose in a way we're about 20 years behind the States, I suppose, in, in regards to policing. But the crime is now, it, it's modern day age crime and we're battling. Like you guys, you have the weapons and you have the protection and you have the training to cover all of this, these angles as, as much as possible. Where the Irish, we really don't. All of a sudden now we have to kick start ourselves into the, bring ourselves back up to where we need to be, but our governments are not supporting us. You and know, it's always they, a financial issue in addition to politics. Well, it is and it isn't. It's a lot to do, to be honest, it's from, from my perspective. It's a lot to do with politics. I think the hierarchy and the guards, it, it's, they're very politically tied. You know, I think they're oblivious to what is going on. They, they, it's nearly like they do, don't want to face up to the reality that this is what's happening. And I think it will take something really bad for it to happen, for them to realize that we really do need to be trained and we really do need to be looked after and our, our guards protected because they're actually not. And, what and type of uh, safety equipment do they have? Do they have like soft body armor? Do they have that at least? They should soft try? body armor, yeah. They have stab proof vests. The, the, the normal guys on the street, they carry asps and pepper spray. So they're, they're issued um, pepper spray and an asp and the, not all of them are armed with uh, weapons. No, none of them. None of the street cops are, are armed with weapons other than the asp and the, the can of spray. But gun violence um, is not unheard of in Ireland. It's still, it's an no, issue there. No, no. That's the thing. In the last two years, we have two drug families. Um, and I know, again, it might only sound, it might sound trivial to America because there's so much of that going on in, in every state. But the states in America are far bigger than our country, our whole country. So when you narrow that down, it's huge for us because um, we have two particular families who, who are involved in drugs. And for the last two years, they're, they've been killing each other on a daily basis, particularly here in Dublin. Um, and it's all guns. It's all guns that have come into the country. In fact, there was two, um, is it bazookas they're called? Really? <laughs> the ones that they put on their shoulders were, were confiscated. Yeah, so it's like... Like rocket-propelled grenades. Well, that's the one, yeah. And that's what I mean. That level of crime is rising all the time, and we just do not have the backup for it. And they send their police in there with no arms, with pepper spray and metal asps to deal with this. Absolutely. It's crazy to think because the very first hit that happened within Dublin um, with these two families, it was in a hotel and they dressed as guards, they dressed as police officers and they walked in with AK-47s and, and, and just started shooting the place up. We are talking with Amanda yes. Coleman. Uh, Amanda is in Dublin, Ireland. She is known as affectionately the Irish Angel for law enforcement and first responder families across Ireland and across the pond here in the United States. And she's the newest ambassador for law enforcement today. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers' 
vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 19ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.19ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 19ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. If you are current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard-earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. That's 800-948-6817. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, joined by Amanda Coleman. Amanda, you have the privilege of being the guest that's from furthest away on the show. And I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I know there's a big time difference here. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you are part of the Law Enforcement Today family. You've been carrying the fight for a long time over there. Yeah. A couple of things that I think we need to talk about, because I'm as, as guilty of this as people on the street here in America. I hear a lot of what is commonly referred to in the news media about negatives with policing here and all the hazards and all the risks and all the potential for being injured or killed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's a problem in other countries, but oh, from yeah. your conversation, it's very much an issue in Ireland. Very much so. In fact, actually, it, it was actually just before the very first hit between these two families. A police officer, a guard up, up north, was doing a routine call to a domestic, and the girl, she, her and her boyfriend had had a fight, and and um, he took her out of the, the place, out of the house, and she wanted to go back to get something, and she went back, and he stood at the top of the stairs with a sawn-off shotgun and shot the cop, the guard, and killed him. And, like, he, he was, no, he had no protection. He literally just had the stab-proof vest on. And that didn't even make the government arm. They didn't want to invest the money into to, to, to the equipment that these people needed to do their job properly. Not even taser. They should, they should even have taser guns. They don't have anything, you know. Not even, not even like a bullet-resistant uh, armor. It's stab-proof. That's stab-resistant. Stab-proof. Apparently, it will take it will take um, from a very far distance a, a real light gun. Now, our detectives carry guns, but not all of them. Not a lot of guns, apparently, to go around, or so I'm told. But we do have like a, a rapid response unit, which is, I suppose, the equivalent of your SWAT unit. Right. The, the protocol within Ireland was was bizarre it was be, because when you ring the guards, if there's something wrong, the normal beat guards goes to the scene. And then the beat guards calls the detectives if it's something that they can't handle. And then the detectives then call the, the rapid response unit. So it was like there was too much time lapsed within a situation where you need to be there and on point and do, get in and do the job. You know, we just don't have the training. There's a lot of red tape that needs to be cut and I think the guards need to be reformed, and so does many others, but not that they'll speak speak out about it. But, yeah, and I don't you know. want people to get the impression that we're talking negatively about uh, the street cops. We're, we're talking about no, uh, the, no. the, the government officials and uh, the, the people who pull the yeah, purse absolutely. strings and, and the high-end That's bureaucrats. The it's the street cops I feel sorry for because they signed up to do the job just like you do. If they want to do it for the greater good, it's a calling. To me, if someone is putting their lives on the line for... For the public, the government needs to step up and start respecting these people and and giving them the training that they need to do the jobs that is now. The crime here is just, it's drugs, everything is just escalating and we're finding it hard to pick up and pull ourselves up to this time and place, if that makes sense. I'm it, hoping, it does make I'm hoping sense. For change. And, and really the, the numbers you're talking about compared to the United States, like you said, it's a much smaller country. Ireland's population is about a million less than Maryland. Uh, land mass is bigger, but my city that I retired from had 340 plus murders last year with 660,000 people. Yeah. With a population of 6 million in the state, it probably had 420 yeah. murders. So we're talking much lower numbers, but then again, the resources 
are an issue. You've got a much larger landmass to cover. And you've got men and women out there that are putting their lives on the line with literally no defensive weapons to speak of. So it's it's amazing what they go through. We're going to have to wrap this up in a moment. But one of the things I want to get with you very quickly, bringing law enforcement today to Ireland and to that part of the world, what are some of the things that you want to do uh, with law enforcement today and that you want to do via the radio show, via social media? What message do you want to broadcast to the world? I want to broadcast, I suppose, the fact that it doesn't matter where you are in the world, blue is blue. And I want to narrow the gaps between the countries because I think there's a lot that that everybody can learn from each other. You can never not learn. I think it would be encouraging for our Gardaí to, to talk with youth and and share experiences and, train. I suppose, training things. All these little tips help. You know, like if you can share advice and and learn and grow from each other. Like, I mean... Anything is possible for here, and um, because things are so tight-lipped here, I think it's nice. It would be nice to be able to share the good, positive stories and share the brotherhood. What you know, what goes on with with, with the brotherhood and right. sisterhood, man, and bring them closer. I suppose because there is that bond. We have such a bond with America, anyway. But I just think it it would be it would be great if you could all get chatting and you know networking. And, and spreading more of the positive messages of the great this things that it, law yeah. enforcement people and their families do all the time that uh, the American news media never really wants to talk about. Is the Irish news media the same way? Oh, completely. But I just think, you know, too often people are too quick to point the finger at police in, the, in a negative sense. And it's so refreshing when you hear something really positive or you see something that... And a lot of the time, the stories regarding the police will touch your heart because they do stuff that is really good and really helps people and it's really positive. And they're the stories that need to be highlighted. Not all the hatred, because when you when you shine a light on, on negativity, people, are, that's all they're seeing. Right. And they cling to that and they know nothing else other than that. And we so also have to we, counter a lot of negative images uh, historically. I'm sure I, I know some mm-hmm. of the Irish history and certainly American history involving law enforcement, that that's another thing. And we are out of time, so we're going to have you back, I promise, in the future. Uh, and look for more reports on our Facebook page, also on our website, which is lawenforcementtoday.com, from Amanda Coleman from Dublin, Ireland, also known as the Irish Angel. Thanks for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. Appreciate it very much. Thank you very much for having me, Jay. Be sure to watch for our Law Enforcement Today talk show. Interviews with people from all over the planet available on our Facebook page. Uh, it's a really, really cool feature. We can have up to three guests there at a time. And so if you want to be a guest or you know someone to be a good guest, hey, have them contact us. Send me an email. That's jay at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can always go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, fill out the contact info. Or just shoot me an email or send us a message on this, the messenger on Facebook. We will get back to you as soon as possible. So if you ever want to be a guest on the radio show or the Facebook live interview show, contact us. We'd love to hear from you. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Don't go anywhere. Got another great guest heading our way in a few moments on Law Enforcement Today.
Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now, you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 19ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.19ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 19ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-614-7180. That's 800-614-7180. are back. Before we turn to the conversation, be sure to like us on Facebook, search for Law Enforcement Today, and check out our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. Pleasure to have on the phone from Kentucky, Rocco Baseniak. Did I get it right? That's correct. I've been practicing your last name, saying it right, for about two weeks now since I met you in Orlando. I met you at the Wounded Officers Initiative Heroes Weekend. We'll talk about that in a few moments. We'll talk about your police career, your injury. Uh, We'll also talk about something that I think might surprise a lot of people. Let's talk about this first. I noticed you went viral in a video not that long ago. What was that about? My proposal video back in August of 2017, I had enlisted the help of the University of Kentucky Police Department to do a traffic stop and propose to my now fiance who works there at the UK Children's Hospital. And obviously she said yes. Oh, yes, she did. That's a good thing. Where can people see this video? It's 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 a great video. If they just Google my name, it's the first thing that'll pop up. It's easy. First name's Rocco. R-O-C-C-O. R-O-C-C-O. Last name, you need to spell it. B, like boy. E, like Edward. S, like Sam. E, like Edward. D, like David. M, like Nancy. J, like John. A, like Adam. K, like King. Now, I had the pleasure of meeting you and Lauren in Orlando not that long ago. We had the Wounded Officers Initiative Heroes Weekend, which, by the way, is my first time attending the weekend. It was a tremendous event. And you and... Lauren, I got to meet you because you were actually going to be filming an interview with our spokesperson, Kyle Reyes, for Behind the Uniforms. 
Uh, how did you find that experience? Uh, I thought it was great. Um, it was great to be able to talk with Kyle and um, talk about my experiences, you know, as a police officer when I got hurt and then everything I've had to deal with afterwards and how I've learned to start dealing with some of the major changes in my life. It's, it's nice to be able to talk talk about it um, because I've learned that there are a lot of people that are in my same situation. I didn't really realize that until I started, you know, just searching and finding Facebook groups. When people think of police officers being severely injured, the first thing that most people in their minds will think it was a gunshot, knives, explosion. The most dangerous thing that police officers encounter is traffic-related incidents, car stops, automobile accidents, and that was the case for you. You did a routine car stop that was anything but routine? That's correct. Talk us through that night. What happened? It was uh, just before midnight, uh, July 3rd, 2016. I had seen a vehicle pull into a gas station there in Shepherdsville. Uh, I got behind it, ran the plate real quick, and it popped up that the uh, registered owner had a suspended driver's license. She had already pulled into next to the gas pump and started coming out of the vehicle, so I went ahead and got out of the vehicle. I went up to her, and I uh, told her, you know, the reason I stopped you is your license was suspended. Uh, she also had a passenger. Um, once the backup unit came, uh, showed up, so they did an overwatch on the vehicle while I went back to the vehicle to run both the person's information. While I got back to the vehicle, the uh, one of the overwatch officers noticed that she started acting a little, you know, skittish and shady. So he had her take her keys out and put it on top of her car. I went back to my car and I come to find out she ended up having uh, multiple felony warrants for assault second degree for running over her boyfriend and another person fleeing from police in a vehicle, wanting endangerment to a police officer, burglary, and some other charges. So I went ahead and stepped out of the vehicle. I told the uh, other officers uh, that she had some felony warrants. I walked up to her car, told her to step out of the vehicle, and uh, she said, well, let me roll up my windows real quick. And she opened up her door and grabbed the keys. And I said, nope. I already knew it was starting to go downhill right, right. then. I actually bent over and into the open door, tried to grab the keys out of her hand because they were still right in front of her. But she had gotten the, the car started and uh, floored it and dragged me about 60 feet with the bottom half of my body hanging out of the car. She made a right-hand turn, which uh, caused me to become dislodged from the door. Um, I rolled a couple times, hit the curb with my neck, and she ended up running over my left leg. I jumped up right after that, pure adrenaline, ran yeah. to my car, started chasing her. Well, it was dark, raining, she didn't Hold have on, a Hold on, before you go further, you, you jumped up, you had no idea how badly you were hurt, the adrenaline took over, you pursued this wanted person without regard to, to how badly you're hurt. And did you have any idea that you were in bad shape? I, I had no idea. I, I felt, I thought I had a little road rash and that was about it. But as far as, you know, anything major, I, I had no clue. So like I said, I started chasing her down the road for a couple of miles until I started feeling my neck and the upper back tighten up. At that time, I went and pulled over into a parking lot and uh, requested EMS to come out there. EMS came and got me, and they took me to University of Louisville Hospital, where they did a bunch of x-rays, tests. Initially, they just said that I had a uh, acute neck strain and back strain, and they ended up releasing me the next day. I followed up with the uh, workers' compensation doctor. They told me to do physical therapy a couple times a week. 
I think it was twice a week at that time. My agency told me to go ahead and take the rest of that week off. They ended up finding the uh, female and her uh, boyfriend two days later in Louisville, and uh, they were hiding out at a drug dealer's house. We actually went back to work that next week while I was going through physical therapy. I continued working for about a month, and I noticed as my back and my neck started loosening up that it started hurting more and more. Okay. My, that's, uh, work, that's not uncommon for auto accidents. That you won't really no. understand how badly you're injured until sometime afterwards. That's what the doctor explained to me. He said a lot of times your body's your muscles, the muscles are guarding the injury. So once those start loosening up, then that's when you start feeling it. But he ordered an MRI, and I ended up having a multiple levels of herniation to my neck. I had another MRI of my lower back, and I had uh, multiple layers, levels of herniation to my lower back, too. And the, uh, so your neck and your time. back were both pretty badly messed up. Correct. And I, I hate to short your story here, but no, you're the, fine. they recommend surgery, obviously, because you had surgery before the, you did the proposal. Yeah. In October of 2016, I ended up having a uh, cervical fusion and uh, to try to help with the pain and numbness that didn't work then august 2017 i had a lumbar fusion or a lumbar decompression surgery that didn't help with any of the pain either how many surgeries have you had total i've had two surgeries and i'm waiting on a spinal stimulator implant to be approved through workers comp um i've also between those two surgeries uh i had trial on the girl that ran me over, and uh, she ended up getting 40 years in prison for assault first degree on a police officer and for being a persistent felony offender. And this and, is, uh, this is was, was a, a young lady. I use the terms correct, generally. Correct. You know, this was a, a female, and there's a, an idea that a lot of people have that, that females don't commit violent crimes, and they don't commit violent felonious assaults on police officers, but they do, and it happens quite often. That's correct. She actually testified in court that when she saw me pull in the parking lot behind me, she knew she had warrants and she was not doing anything. She could not go to jail that day. Okay. So well, she, had, she had already made that decision before anything even happened. I'm of the, the school of thought that I, I try not to talk about those people at all and uh, give them any type of publicity whatsoever. People should get publicity for doing good things. You, you lived a good life. You were a good police officer. You, you got severely injured. You've had multiple surgeries. And then there must have come a point where the doctors and lawyers said, okay, your police career is done, and you were retired. How old were you when that happened? That was just last year. I was uh, 38 when I uh, retired. How has the transition been from when you were an active police officer? I'm assuming it's a career you wanted for a while, and it's a career that you loved, and then all of a sudden was over. How would you describe that? I really didn't, up until the date where my doctor told me I'm no longer going to be able to work as a police officer. It didn't, the severity of my injury, I don't think really hurt me, you know, hit me. Um, it was at that point that um, that's when I started having issues with depression, um, PTSD issues, uh, where everything just came to a head because I'd, I identified myself as a police officer. I, that was me. You know, I uh, I considered policing as a hobby that I got paid for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. I mean, that's just what what I was and what I did. And to realize that my career ended, not 
uh, by my choice, but by what someone else's actions. I don't know. It hurt me emotionally and mentally, and then I didn't really have anyone else that I could talk to that were in the same situation because I didn't know anyone else who had to go through that. So it was it was pretty rough. Um, I, I was I was in a dark place for a little bit of time. Um, I'm glad that I had my fiance because she was definitely my rock and kept me going. I started, you know, reaching out, looking online, looking on Facebook, and uh, I started finding groups on there of other wounded police officers. And actually, John Wagowski was one of the people that I ended up meeting. I actually met him in a patch collecting group, and uh, he's the one to talk to me about the Wounded Officers Initiative. And on that, that note, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wounded Officers Initiative when we return. We're going to talk about your recovery, your life afterwards, and how organizations like the Wounded Officers Initiative can help. And what people like you and me, other, whether it be officers or just uh, friends or supporters can do. You listen to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, and are considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave. Honor the Brave is a nationwide real estate program that allows these families to keep more of their hard earned money. 10% of the agent's commission goes back to you. Additionally, they donate 5% of the commission to the nonprofit of your choice. Current or previous law enforcement, firefighter, or military, considering buying or selling real estate, contact Honor the Brave online at honorthebrave.com. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers' vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. 
Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-569-2507. That's 800-569-2507. Again, 800-569-2507. Back in the studios, this is Law Enforcement Today. I'm John J. Wiley, joined by my guest, Rocco Baseniak. Rocco is a retired Shepherdsville, Kentucky police officer, engine line of duty, by a wanted felon who was female that ran him over and dragged him in, in a vehicle stop. And uh, Rocco, I'm glad you're here. And I, I really want to say it was a pleasure meeting you, meeting Lauren. My wife got to meet both of you as well at the Wounded Officer Initiative Heroes Weekend in Orlando. And for me, getting to meet other officers that were wounded in the line of duty, their careers were cut short. I'm not quite sure how to describe this, because that's what happened to me many, many, many years ago. But it makes me feel attached to my law enforcement family that that I don't get being retired and on the outside. I don't get the same connection. That's exactly. Being able to talk to people that are were wounded officers, it's you get that automatic connection. When you can start talking to people about your experiences and they can say that's exactly what's happened to me or that's exactly how i felt it helps heal heal you on the inside too it does you know and it makes you want to be able to well hey you know this is this really helps being able to talk to these other officers meet these other officers there's a whole lot of other officers that have no idea about stuff like this and organizations like this especially you know when you see the officer suicide rate how it is you know more officers they're killed by suicide than that are killed in line of duty a lot of those are because i guarantee you they they feel alone and that's absolutely when when i after i got hurt you know you'll talk to your officers that you worked with for a while then eventually you know all that fades away especially after you retire because you're no longer part of the, the the working loop but once you know i was able to start connecting with other wounded officers it's really helped me as far as you know my mood my attitude and it's only make me want to serve more by you know trying to find other officers and reaching out and helping other officers and there's so many people that i've met so many officers who whose careers were cut short by catastrophic injuries uh, i'm not talking about people getting a hangnail i'm talking about people that have been through absolute violent trauma and in the news media the, the reports go something like good news is the injuries aren't life-threatening or the officer will survive and then it's never mentioned again and law enforcement today is committed to providing a platform for these officers to to tell their stories just like you are but so many of these men and women my brothers and sisters continue to give back not just to the law enforcement community but to their communities where they live they're involved in charities they're involved in peer support they're involved in counseling they're involved in mentoring children these people like Rocco, don't just fade away and say, you know, and loll uh, around in the Florida sunshine. By the way, I live in Florida, but they're actively involved in helping. And uh, I'm glad to see you're doing that. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it took me a while to actually refine my identity. After talking to my therapist, you know, I was talking about pretty much how I was mourning my identity as a police officer. 
you know, because I was no longer that. And he said, I don't, he said, you know, I don't think you were ever um, a police officer or you were never really, you know, a sailor. You were someone who gives their service. You, you, you provide service. You're a serviceman. And it, you don't have to do it, whether it's in the military or as a police officer. He said, like, what you're doing now, like, I went and took another wounded officer out turkey hunting for the first time just to get him out and have him experience something other than what he was going through. Um, just being able to help others who were going through the same thing, it filled that hole. How did you find these other people? Um, there's a Facebook group called Officer Down We Survived. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all wounded officers and supporters in that group. And, you know, to hear some of these the tragic stories from some of these officers to where, you know, they were catastrophically injured, had to retire, and then, you know, their family loses their insurance. Um, officers, you know, fighting with work comp, which is a very common thing. You know, officers having to declare bankruptcy, you know, lose houses, lose vehicles, and all because someone else took their career and their pretty much their life away. Right. And by and, the way, uh, speaking of the Officer Down We Survive page, I uh, just interviewed Sean Smotherman from that organization and uh, anybody that's affiliated with that page uh, believe me if you want to tell your story contact me Rocco knows how to get a hold of me you go to lawenforcementtoday.com the contact us tab send me a message you can send a message via our Facebook page as well uh, or send me an email my email address is j that's j-a-y at lawenforcementtoday.com and we'd love to provide a platform for you to tell your story and we're also expanding that to people not just law enforcement officers, but people who have rebuilt their lives after traumatic criminal attacks. You know, there's so many, so many inspirational people out there that have survived horrible circumstances uh, that we could all take something from their stories that, that we can apply to our daily lives. And I think that giving back that way for you, I, I can't speak for you, giving back that way for me makes some of what I went through less negatively impactful to me. Yeah, that's, it, it's, and then I've had, you know, several people tell me, you know, well, you know, obviously there's another plan for you. And it was really hard for me to accept at first, but now that I can see the impact that I've had on other wounded officers and, you know, help them, you know, it, it makes perfect, I mean, as, as bad as everything I've had to go through and I continue to go through, you know, just being able to see the impact I can have on other wounded officers, it, it's, it, it makes sense to me now. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a giving back certainly doesn't make all the bad stuff go away, but it gives me a purpose. And uh, I think it, it, it can benefit you. If, if someone is going through what you went through and is feeling isolated and alone, what would you say to them? To try to get beyond that point I would say look look beyond your immediate surroundings and actually search and research and look for things I'm glad I had the desire to actually look and research and look for other people that were involved same thing I was or organizations that helped people in the situation that I was in it's out there it's just there's really no publicity about these organizations or groups or other wounded officers. The stories never come out of the, the things that all these officers have to go through. 
like you said earlier, you know, they put it out there, oh, he survived, he's alive, you know, that's pretty much it. And they don't know the rest of the story. Right. So when officers like me and like you, like other wounded officers, get in that position, then they don't know it. Well, hey, this is the only, they think, I'm the only person going through this. Why is everything like this happening to me like this? You know, why am I having these thoughts with workers' comp? You know, almost everyone that I've talked to that has had a catastrophic injury as a police officer, you go through almost the exact same thing, go through the exact same type of emotions, same problems with, you know, dealing with workers' comp, their agency or whatever. And it's nice to be able to realize you're not the only one that's fighting that battle. Right. Well, Brocco, thank you so very much for coming on the show and uh, for all you're doing to help everybody else. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.